This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from experts across the U.S. Ringler Associates, celebrating 35 years of successfully helping injured people and their families. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, your host, and certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, I'm happy to announce that we have an exciting new subsidiary here at Ringler, and it's called Ringler Medicare Solutions. And Ringler Medicare Solutions are are what we're going to talk about today. Uh, We're going to explore how Ringler Medicare Solutions can help clients with all of the issues surrounding Medicare claim handling, both in workers' comp and all those new rules in the liability arena. To help walk us through all that, we have David Hayes, who's the president of Ringler Medicare Solutions. And Dave, I want to welcome you to Ringler Radio today. Larry, thank you very much. It's great to be here with you. Well, it's great that you're the president of Ringler Medicare Solutions because uh, I know how well you've done in the past, and uh, this is going to be a real challenge for you, and it's great, and we're glad to have you. It's good to be here. Thank you. Well, why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about your background, David? Sure. Um, I've been in the cl- first started out as most of us did in the claim business. I was with the St. Paul companies for 18 years mm-hmm. in the cl- on the claim side. And then in 1993, they asked me to join their structured settlement brokerage company, which would, back then was an in-house company. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the next 14 years, I focused on structured settlements. And uh, then the last four years of my career, at a competitor who we will not name, mm-hmm. <laughs> I helped build an MSA company that would be much like Ringler Medicare Solutions will be as a support company for Ringler Associates. In other words, it gave the clients for the um, my former company the opportunity to kind of one-stop shop where mm-hmm. you could get your MSA and your structure all in, with one phone call. Well, I'm sure I'm sure you found that your claim background and your structure background helped you as you went into this uh, MSA field. Most definitely, with the it's the, both of those types of backgrounds are invaluable with what, especially the workers' compensation part of my background. So, as president of uh, Ringler Medicare Solutions, now what's uh, what's the vision that you have for this company? Well, it's a it's a pretty simple vision, Larry. Our goal is to provide a conservative yet fair Medicare set-aside analysis uh, at a very competitive fee schedule Mm -hmm. uh, designed to save expense dollars for our clients. That is our immediate goal. We're we're not going to uh, price an MSA at the most expensive price you can make just so we make sure that CMS approves each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to make sure that we have dotted our I's and crossed our T's in our analysis and submission. We're going to make sure that we've addressed all the drug therapy issues so that if CMS does come back and disagrees, that we feel our position will be strong in discussing those matters with CMS. So our primary goal is to provide a conservative uh, yet fair Medicare set-aside analysis for our clients at a reasonable cost. Well, let's talk about your clients. Who, who exactly do you see as your clients? Uh, are, are they mostly claim individuals or law firms? Who, who, who are there? 
Well, I think anybody who is involved in the in the handling of um, the issues involved with CMS, MSAs, mm-hmm. Medicare set-aside arrangements, and of course, you just mentioned the primary ones. Those are the, the attorneys out there who represent the applicants, uh, those who represent the claimants on the liability side. Uh, our clients will also be uh, claim representatives for insurance companies and TPAs. We also work with a, a lot with TPAs who administer workers' compensation cases. So, and anybody who comes to our website and asks questions, and you know, we see all of those people as uh, prospective clients as well. Well, we're going to hear about your website a little later, but in the meantime, can you tell us a little bit about the services that you're going to offer these uh, clients that when they when they come to you? Sure thing. Um, it's a, it's a first of all what we actually will do. I'll talk about training, et cetera, in a minute. But mm-hmm. what our company will do is is gather all the necessary information to do the analysis, and then we will f- provide the customer with a thorough analysis of all future medical costs. That will also include a listing of what are called conditional payments that Medicare has already made. We'll do the research necessary for that. So we'll be able to inform our client, not only in the future are you responsible for uh, the following Medicare-eligible medical expenses, but also Medicare has made some payments prior to the resolution of your case that you may want to take into consideration. Well, you, you know, it's very important, as, as most people know, as they've been exploring these new rules, uh, it's very important to Medicare that, that what we typically call a past lien is satisfied. I mean, that's got to be done. And so everyone needs to know exactly what those amounts and numbers are uh, because there can be trouble ahead if, if, those, if that amount isn't paid back really uh, right away. Yeah, and the big mystery that surrounds the the Medicare lien search is, uh, I don't think many people are aware of this. They think it's a very complicated matter. Um, We don't even charge our clients for that service because all it is is the cost of a postage stamp. Interesting. All we've got to do is get the release an authorization from the injured person. We ask Medicare. And Medicare tells us if they've made payments in the past and exactly what they are. You know, I was just going to say, uh, Dave, you know that uh, most of these companies now are, are these RREs, these responsible reporting entities, are filing these data elements to uh, see if there's a match on the individual they're dealing with uh, on the claim side to see whether there's a match in the Medicare system. And, and this whole area of identifying the Medicare-eligible individuals is, uh, is a big deal, and, and folks need to know some of those key guidelines. Why don't you talk about that? Uh, how, how do these guidelines get applied? How do you know if someone's Medicare-eligible to even consider uh, being involved with your services? Well, the primary responsibility to discover that is at the claim handling level or as the uh, legal representative of the injured person. One of the first questions you should ask when you're on your first phone conversation with the injured person is, um, are you Medicare eligible? Are you currently receiving Medicare benefits? Or if not, have you applied for Social Security disability, which in turn means you're Medicare eligible? Those are two very important questions that we Uh, include right up at the top of every training presentation that we give to prospective clients and current clients. What if somebody's applied for it and has been denied it? 
If they've applied and denied, been denied once, obviously there is an appeal process. Mm-hmm. And my understanding, just from speaking with, with various injured parties, that sometimes it's the third appeal where you get accepted. So what, what we warn our clients is that if, if you're speaking to an injured person and they indicate that, yes, I, I, I applied, but I was denied, then that's also a red flag that that before your case settles with this person, that there's a probably good likelihood that they may be accepted. So you're going to want to at least consider uh, doing an analysis. Again, the end result is um, that they the decision is the clients. The other the other one that a lot of people don't think about, Larry, is that. Is the person going to be eligible for Medicare within 30 months? And by that, what I mean is, are they 62 and a half years old? Uh-huh. Because as, as we Americans know, at the age of 65, we all qualify for Medicare. Uh-huh. And so every person will be Medicare eligible in 30 months at age 62 and a half. So once you find the date of birth, of the of the injured party, and you add thirty months to that. If if you come up with sixty five years old or older, then you know you're you're going to need to take Medicare's interest in under consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are two other categories that that we always ask our clients to consider, and the first is is the person in end stage ren- renal disease. This this is um, automatic Medicare eligibility. And then, of course, the last um, section, and probably the only mandatory reporting requirement of um, Medicare is that if the person is eligible for Medicare and your settlement is going to exceed $250,000, CMS says that you must take their in interest into consideration at the time of settlement. Mm-hmm. If it's 20, and just to clarify that, the word must versus recommend, CMS also recommends that any person who is eligible for Medicare that has future medical expenses and the cost of the settlement will be greater than $25,000, they recommend that you take their interest. So that that's one of the interesting things about CMS. They they have very few hard and fast rules. So. Well, we know we know that that's been uh, those rules have been around in the workers' comp arena for a while, and uh, the new rules on the liability side are, are probably a little bit different. But clearly, you must take Medicare's interest in, into consideration in every case where there's a Medicare eligible individual. And I know that. These uh, identifying data elements that they're trying to do for that match, um, that whole process is, I think, there's been pushed back in terms of the trigger date to, to 2011, January. But still, everyone is is really concerned about that. And there are some penalties, aren't there, for noncompliance with some of this Medicare Secondary Payer Act? What What is driving some of these issues? What are the penalties out there for noncompliance? Yeah, what – Good, excellent question. What Medicare CMS says is when you ignore Medicare's interests in a work comp case, and just to clarify, they 
there are no rules for liability yet, and I, and I truly believe that that's the driving force behind the delay in the reporting date, the mandatory reporting date to 1-1-2011 is they just had not had the sufficient amount of time to establish the guidelines like they've established under workers' compensation. So we, we didn't really, I think a lot of the RREs out there indicated to CMS that it's just premature to start mandatory reporting on liability because you haven't given us any guidelines like you do in workers' compensation. But as it applies to workers' compensation, uh, when you ignore Medicare, they do not like to be ignored. Um, and if if an attorney comes to me and says, Dave, you know, I just, I don't think I'm going to recognize their interest on this. My response is that Obviously, you've made a decision, an independent decision after evaluating, but you might want to consult uh, with your local bar association uh, for information regarding your ethical and legal obligations. I was going to say your malpractice carrier, too. <laughs> right. And then CMS, if, if that person or entity, it could be an insurance carrier that decides not to recognize it, mm-hmm. CMS has the right to complete its own MSA. And calculate the future cost of medicals using their own formulas, and they can invoke double damages. So, in other words, they can do their own MSA, mm-hmm. multiply it by two, and issue a damage award on their behalf and against the person who ignored them for twice the damages. Well, let's let's get these people back on the straight and narrow here. Yes, well, let's, let's, do. Let's, let's do it. What information is needed to for these? clients out there to complete an MSA? What kind of medical records need to be looked at? And what are the factors that uh, determine the cost? You bet. The things that you need in order to calculate or do your analysis are the last, and and it depends on the individual, the Mm -hmm. last two to three years of uh, medical medical records. Um, You also want to have uh, their wage history for the last two or three years. Um, we want to make sure that that medical information that we receive does contain prescription drug information. And if they are on notice of any conditional payments that have been paid by Medicare along the way prior to settlement, we ask for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, these are the things. Uh, if there are, uh, if there is some controversy in the claim uh, regarding, you know, one is this body part included? Are are there morbidity factors that that might affect the cost of the case? Mm-hmm. We, we determine a lot of that when we do our own independent evaluation of the medical records. But those are primarily the things that you must have in order to. Make sure we protect your interests. Well, why don't we look at an example? Sometimes it's a lot easier to deal with some of these issues when we look at an example. And and I know the example that you want to talk about in, includes the whole concept of annuity age rating, which is a big, big benefit in trying to put together these MSAs. So why don't you walk through an example and talk about how the annuity process and the age rating of the claimant uh, helps you come to your conclusion as to what's required for the MSA? Okay. First of all, the 
some folks might not be aware that not too long ago, CMS changed their the way they look at life expectancy. Um, they used to just allow you to get a rated age and then use the highest rated age uh, to determine uh, the life expectancy of the individual. So just as an example, yeah. if, if you have a 50-year-old male and you go to your actuarial folks and they say that this, because of their medical condition, this person really is 70, mm-hmm. uh, then you're actually able to use a life expectancy based on the age of 70. Uh, not too long ago, CMS changed um, that to the median age uh, to determine life expectancy. So let's say you got five rated ages on the person, mm-hmm. and they ranged from 50 to 60, what you'd want to take is the middle one or the third one, mm-hmm. and that is the age you must use for life expectancy. So it's kind of the, like kind of like Goldilocks's porridge, not too hot, not too not cold, too right, right in the middle. Now, the bad news by using the median rated age is, is obviously your life expectancy has been lengthened, so therefore the cost of future medical expense is going to go up. Mm-hmm. So your MSA is going to cost more. On the reverse, the reverse of that is when you use an annuity to fund the, all of those future medical needs, you're allowed to use the highest rated age. Awesome. So even though up front you have to use the median rated age to determine life expectancy, you are then turn you're then allowed to turn around and use the highest rated age for your structured settlement quote. So they they take away and then they give it back. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, talk about how age rating would affect a specific example. And Maybe you can use that example talking about how, uh, and I think you had a 51-year-old male that was healthy with a life expectancy of 31 years incurring a certain number of expenses. Talk me through that example. I think our our audience would like to hear that. Sure. Now, this the the example we're giving here that that Larry and I have previously discussed is what benefit you derive by utilizing a structured settlement in conjunction with your MSA. And the example that Larry and I have discussed is we've got a 51-year-old healthy male uh, with a life expectancy of 31 years. This person is incurring $9,500 a year in medical expenses, and so your MSA is expected to be $300,000 based on the life expectancy. Again, we're talking around numbers here. Mm -hmm. The result of utilizing both of Ringler's entities, both their Medicare set-aside company and their structured settlement company, is, and a rated age, is that the same 51-year-old suffers from hypertension and obesity which a lot of we American males at 51 years old do. <laughs> the age rating on that person uh, is that of a 57-year-old 
with a 27-year life expectancy. So just, so, to, so just to clarify, you took the yeah. medical on this 51-year-old individual, we send it into the life industry, the life companies, and they've come back because of his obesity, because of his hypertension, they've said, when you go to the right book, you make believe you're looking at a 57-year-old man. Instead of a 51-year-old Instead of a 51. Okay, right. go ahead. In other words, the gentleman is not going to live as long. Exactly. If he were perfectly healthy. So using the same numbers that we used before, that he increased, he's going to incur $9,500 a year in expenses, the amount of the Medicare, because of a shortened life expectancy, is reduced to $260,000. Hmm. If you fund that $9,500 a year using a structured settlement, the cost is reduced to $130,000 which represents a total savings of approximately $127,000. And that is a very general example of how Ringler can reduce the cost of their settlements for their clients. Well, I don't know why anybody would, would analyze uh, a Medicare set-aside for future medical and then fund it with a lump sum of money. It doesn't make sense, does it? It's much. Well, it's a much cheaper alternative to, to fund it through the annuity process. If, if in fact, and again, I, I think it would be self-serving of me to say 100% of the time you should, but we're, we're going to be doing MSAs that the total settlements twenty grand and the twenty thousand dollars, and sure. the MSA is going to be fifteen hundred, and sure. it just doesn't it it doesn't benefit the client, nor does it benefit the claimant. So, but I I agree with you one hundred percent, Larry. If if the person is going to have future medical spread out over the remainder of their life. It's just the smart thing to do, to use an annuity to fund that. Absolutely. And of course, yeah, I agree. Uh, on the bigger cases, it's it's just about a no-brainer. Well, let's take a quick break right now. And when we're uh, back, we're going to continue this conversation with David Hayes and learn more about Ringler Medicare Solutions. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates. Quite simply, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for 35 years. Ringler Radio is celebrating its sixth year right here on the Legal Talk Network, produced by broadcast professionals. Ringler Associates, the only broker you need. Listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose a topic. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to all parties involved in the settling of physical injury claims. Experience counts. Over 23 billion in structures benefiting 166,000 injured individuals and their families. And one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. Did you know you can download Ringler Radio to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to the Legal Talk Network. It's free. We invite you to listen to other shows on the Legal Talk Network. It's free at www.legaltalknetwork.com. Did you know Ringler Radio is one of the top three rated shows in iTunes? Thanks to all of our listeners who download all the Ringler Radio shows. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you joined us. 
I'm joined by David Hayes, president of Ringler Medicare Solutions. We've been having quite a discussion about uh, this new entity of Ringler. Quite exciting. Dave, let's talk about the pitfalls in the system. What obstacles uh, do people face when it comes to this, uh, these MSAs and trying to satisfy CMS? Well, there, there are several, and it's, it's because CMS doesn't define things maybe as well as the public would like them to. For example, if we submit on your behalf as our client a proposal to CMS on your future medical expense, and they disagree, and it's normally regarding prescription drugs that they would disagree, there's absolutely no appeal process. You do not, um, unless you can find where they've made a material error in calculation or interpretation of the state workers' compensation statute, those are the only two areas in which you can appeal. If it just if if there's no problem with their math and there's no problem with their interpretation of statute, you have no grounds to appeal their decision. Uh, second pitfall that has come about um, in the last nine months is the what customers used to do is they would do what was called a drug utilization review and they would have a, a licensed pharmacist take a look at the drug therapy program that the person had been under and and you know a lot of drugs you can wean off of them uh, also the drug utilization review by the pharmacist would indicate generics that would be coming on the market in the near future and they were allowed to use those offsets in calculating the cost of the MSA. Well, now you are not allowed to do um, any. You are st- you can still do have your drug utilization review done by a pharmacist, um, but you're not allowed to reduce the size of the MSA through reduction of a drug therapy program. Uh, if if it's not generic on the day you submit your analysis to CMS then you cannot take a credit for a future generic, even though we all know that over a 20-year period, most drugs become generics, but you're not allowed to take a reduction for that. Well, Another yeah. pit- go, 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 ahead, go on with one more pitfall. Let me hear one more okay. pitfall. Uh, well, the delays that we encounter and our clients encounter in processing the submissions uh, are all they've even though they've gotten much better over the years. I mean, you and I have been doing this long enough to remember that it used to take four to six months yeah, you, to you, get. You're talking about CMS responding back after after <laughs> yes, getting sir. submissions. Yes, sir. Right. Well, you know that uh, that has been a real pitfall to trying to resolve and wrap up some of these cases, and obviously they're getting better. But uh, you know, a lot of that has to do with their staffing, and they'll talk to you about their funding and their staffing. So. There's a large, large picture around Medicare that uh, embraces all of this. All of these items we're talking about. It's it's a big it's a big problem, not just for for what we're we're dealing with here, but for the Medicare system per se. Yeah. Now I did I did just read uh, a CMS update last week. As a matter of fact, that in the first quarter of 2011, there is going to be 
a, a website that's going to come online that will allow for expediting of CMS submission. So let's keep our fingers crossed. We sure will. But based on everything you've been saying here this morning, uh, I think the best advice I'd give anyone is don't try this at home. It's <laughs> this, this, <laughs> this is something you need to get some expertise on if you're going to make sure that you're following the proper rules and that uh, your claim file is, is going to be, you know, cleared up to the degree that it needs to be in this uh, in this world of Medicare. Well, right. the, question, the question I'm sure on everybody's mind, though, Dave, as they sit there is uh, if someone calls you folks at Ringler Medicare Solutions, how long is it going to take for you to respond back to them with uh, the analysis that you're going to perform and how much is it going to cost? Good, two good questions. As a matter of fact, I hear those two questions a lot. The Once we've been able to gather and, and the same day you submit what you think we will need, Mm -hmm. we will get back to you and tell you either we got it all and we're ready to begin the analyzation of the documents, but probably 90% of the time, uh, we don't get everything we need. Mm -hmm. Uh, There there are some things that people just forget to send along. Um, And so once we've gathered all of that information, uh, the typical turnaround time for you to have your analysis in your hand is seven to ten working days. Okay. Uh, some of that delay is caused by the need to get rated ages. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to submit the medical to the life markets and get your rated ages back. But typically, it's seven to ten days. If if our clients want a rush uh, there is a, a small additional charge for that, but we can do uh, turnaround in in as little as forty eight hours if the client needs it. I hear you. What about the cost? The overall cost. The, the cost is at Ringler Medicare Solutions. The way we did this is we kind of surveyed the industry, and um, we did not want to come in and be the highest price, nor but we also had to price our products to make sure we could get quality service to the to the folks who mm-hmm. count on us. So we're back to that median rated age thing. Right. We're, we're kind of in the middle. Um, somewhere, but you know, in the $1,600 range, you can get your standard run-of-the-mill, uh, not, no, no MSA's run-of-the-mill, but you can get an analysis for between sixteen and eighteen hundred dollars, which we feel is very competitively priced, and I'm sure if, if people want to get some specifics on your pricing, they they can contact you through your websites and other places like that. Is that, that right. right? The way we do that, Larry, is when you sub- go ahead and you submit that through all the things we're going to need. If we see something out of the ordinary, that's going to take phone calls to medical providers to medical appliance providers that type of thing, we're going to get right back to you and say, this this is not your standard MSA. And because of that, it's going to take us hours or days extra mm-hmm. to get you what you need. And, and we'll quote them a price right at that time. All right. So no, nobody will be in the dark as to uh, the price ultimately that they see on that bill. No, sir. Out. No, sir. Well, Dave, <laughs> Dave, thanks. I want to ask you if someone does want to get a hold of you, which is obviously one of the good purposes of this conversation, how do they reach you? Well, the, there are two ways to, to reach all of us at mm-hmm. Ringler Medicare Solutions. The best way is to go to our website, which is www. And the following is all one word, by the way, Ringler Medicare Solutions. 
all one word, pluralonsolutions.com. And on our Contact Us tab, you will receive, it'll kind of tell you the role of each person in our company. And so you can kind of pick which person you think will best meet your needs. And it's got everybody's email address, fax numbers, phone numbers. Um, my personal email address is pretty simple. It's dhays, H-A-Y-S, at ringlerassociates.com. Well, Dave, I want to thank you again for all of that. And I'm sure you're going to be starting to receive some of those uh, emails and, and also some of those website hits because uh, this, this is a very hot-button issue and everybody's concerned about it. Well, Larry, I, re- I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. We're very excited about this venture. Well, it sounds, it sounds very exciting. And, of course, we're going to be starting to utilize your services as soon as we can. So to our audience, in case you're a first-time listener, you should know that every Ringler Radio Show can be downloaded from our website, ringlerassociates.com, or from the Legal Talk Network at legaltalknetwork.com. You can download, you can uh, throw these shows right onto your iPod and listen to them as you're jogging around the track, trying to figure out what you're going to do with Medicare. But in the meantime, all of you go out and have a great day. Thanks, Dave. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio in its sixth year on Legal Talk Network with over a half a million listeners. Ringler Associates, where experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to all parties involved in physical injury claims. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential.